It's Tuesday, November 15, 2016, and you're listening to episode 60 of Roll and Die. Alright, I'm starting my audacity whenever you guys are ready. Where's my mom? Oh, I started mine already. Oh, nah, really? I'm good. Where's my mom? Yep. I don't know. <laughs> Dang it, man. <laughs> you mean you mean all that hilarious stuff that we just talked about, n- no one's going to hear it. That's right. No hilarious oh. hijinks. All of the groundbreaking jokes we just told that <laughs> arguably we should copyright because they are so hilarious that to hear them on air I, I think should be illegal. I agree. But, okay. Well, then it's for the best. I think so. I think that they're just they're not things that should be heard. Yep. <laughs> I think like, the best keep like it, ever. you know. I think Yeah. Yeah, I think that it fits so perfectly that we weren't able to record them because it's almost like we never said them at all. We're, we're like yeah. we're like Andy Kaufman that way. We're sort of ahead of our time, you know. The yeah. world isn't ready well, for yeah. us. If a joke falls flat in a podcast and no one's there to listen, <laughs> does it make a sound? <laughs> does it get a laugh? Does it get a laugh? Does it get a chuckle? Like a single giggle? Uh, uh, how about a solemn pity giggle? A pity no, chuckle. No, you know what it gets? What? It gets a sharp exhalation of air from my nose. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. It gets a sharp pencil in the neck. Is all, I swear no. to God, for some reason, my brain was like, yeah, that's of course that's what he's going to say. That's the most, like, there are some videos on the internet that get me cry laughing, but most of the time, when I laugh at something online, it's a... Just you, you know, like everyone else, that when it, when someone types a, a cap, you know, all caps, LOL, they're sitting there with a blank, with a you know, the, the deadpan face, you know, staring at the screen. <laughs> Just a blank expression. LOL. So, so uh, uh, it's, uh, you're not you're uh, not really uh, LOL, yeah. are you? Yeah, are you, are you really rolling on the floor, laughing your ass off? Like, I mean, Don't that patronize is specific me. detail. And you did it yesterday too. How can you do that twice? Don't patronize. That me. seems like a once in a lifetime occurrence. I am. It is. I'm a very specific person when it comes to my typing out laughter. Because when something really gets me, when something really makes me laugh, I hit that caps lock key and I start typing the haws. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. That's when you know. Mm-hmm. It's authentic. when something's like, oh, that's pretty funny. I say ha ha with a capital H, but everything else is lowercase. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's begin the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's, we haven't started yet. Right. Oh, no, 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 we haven't. No, this is this good. is the pre banter warm up. We're knee deep in roll up and die right now. Yeah. The podcast so, begins in three, two. Matt, everybody at home wants to know right now mm-hmm. how your move is going because you move oh. all the time. And it, by the way, just and to what's clarify, nobody at home wants to know that. But no, no, we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> no, it's 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 going fine. It's uh. You know, moving is always stressful, and I hate it every time. And this is, we've lived here for about a year, and we're moving again for very good reasons, but we're moving again, and we're hoping to stay in the next place for longer. But um, I realize it's going a lot smoother this time because we've gotten it, rid of so many things. <laughs> yeah, well, we've done it a lot. We're getting, we're, we're pros at moving at this point. Uh, <laughs> like, moving. this is the ninth time we've destroyed yeah. Zion. Yeah. We are becoming yeah. increasingly good at it. Exactly. But we've gotten rid of so many things that there's just less stuff to pack. Yeah. And so, yeah. and uh, I, w- I would advise, like, you know, I think everybody does this, but if you're moving, like, take it as an opportunity to get rid of a bunch of stuff. It's like, down, we had yeah. stuff that was in boxes that we hadn't unpacked since the last move. And me, I'm like, get rid of it. If we If we didn't unpack it at this point... We don't need it. It's time to get rid of it. You get rid of it, and then like some person digs through the dumpster and finds the ten thousand dollars that you were storing away for a rainy day. That you're yeah, like, ah, it was in the box. Day, we yeah. don't need it. That that a, that is yeah, that is I'm actually a good rule of thumb. That. Unless it's like an EpiPen or a defibrillator <laughs> kit, yeah. something that you only use like you know on those special occasions. It's not like when I hear special <laughs> occasion, I don't think, oh my god, Adam's having having an allergic reaction. Somebody get the EpiPen because it's a special occasion. <laughs> It's a rainy day. It's a rainy day. I suppose that is. Hey, considering how much they cost now, you really gotta kind of yeah, think about it. It's like, how much do I like Matt? I mean, this heavy pen. You know, this heavy pen. It's pretty, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm like, getting there. I'm getting there. What are you there. waiting for? Use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're getting to it. We're getting to it. Man, what are you? 
I'm dying in here. Are you sure you're not going to be okay on your own? I'm no, just asking. I, I don't think I am. I'm just I asking. Think I'm dying. Well, let's wait a minute. I think I'm. Let's just wait a minute. I'm like, I'm 15 seconds away from death, Alex. Well, Please use it. Well, well, let's wait to the five. I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> Seven hundred dollars. You know what that? Please. You know this cost me seven hundred dollars. I'm just saying it cost me seven hundred dollars. I'll pay you seven hundred dollars. Just please do it. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You didn't know that you were gonna get some live theater. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let die. this play out. I'm gonna let this play out. Pass the pass the Shiraz. Hang on. Let's see where it goes. I honestly, I think five out of seven golden calves, and the reason I give it five out of seven instead of six or seven out of seven. Is yeah. because I wanted to see more, man. I, you left me at the 15 seconds. Like when I heard that, wow. I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, that was Can the... somebody called Dennis Quaid or somebody. We got a countdown. That's not. That's not what I. I didn't mean Dennis Quaid. Well, who's the guy? We got a countdown. Who's the guy in 24? Who's that guy? <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Jesus. Dennis Quaid. Did somebody grab the opposite of Dennis Quaid and bring him to help me. But I wanted to see. I wanted to see that the tension increased, but then I feel like you died before the 15 seconds. I don't know if I was dying. I think I was pretty close, though. Oh, okay. So no, it could have been, I all was, been a I was playing it as almost there. But he, almost. He, but he agreed to pay, so it, it all worked out. Yeah, I see. I said I would pay for it. Hey, man. Free market at pay. work. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's how it works. That's right. Yep. That's, that's exactly how it works. So awesome. uh, I am actually going to be able to stay in your new place, Matt. Yeah, you are. Not, not, not like stay. I, well, I'm gonna be living there for only like two months. Right, two to three. It's more like two to three. Four. Yeah. Let's call it a cool six months. Let's call it a cool one year, just so we can finish off just, the lease before you just next until move. yeah. That's retirement. What I was thinking, retirement. That you, Let's just say it's until yeah. Retirement. You just stay with us until we have to move yeah. again, which will probably be in about ten months. So. We'll call it an even forever. Yeah. Cool. That's about Great. it. No, but you you are gonna come uh, visit and potentially <clears throat> stay with us in the new place. You'll probably be the first like non family person to uh, stay in the place. So yeah. that'll be cool. Yeah, man, and I'm I'm really excited about it. We got the new Provokers game going on there. Um, but yeah. that leads me to the question: like, when am I allowed to fly out to Maine and stay in your yurt, Alex? Any time. See, you say that, and people say that. People say a no, lot of things. No. Like, what kind of music do you like? I, I like I, all music. I no, call BS. I'm ready. I'm ready right now. Make you're, a date. You're, Drop a date right now. Drop a date. In four in four hours. Okay. See, and that's what that's what I love Honey, about you, man. Make up the bed. Barbara's coming. <laughs> make up the bed. Well, we, 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 we only bed, have one. Well, we only have one. You'll be you'll be yeah, you'll be, cuddle, you'll be cuddling between bed. me and Grandma. But yeah. no, Grandma. Well, wait, you she, and grandma? Yeah, yeah. Does your grandmother live with you? Well, not anymore. She's uh, she's passed on. But Parker, she's dead. So then, why am I laying between you and grandma? I'm sorry. That's a good. That's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> well, we didn't have the heart to let her go. Yeah. Welcome everybody to <coughs> roll up and die. <laughs> your uh, neck. <laughs> There's a lot of words. Like uh, <clears throat> RPG podcast. My name is Barker, and my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, aka Captain Gothnog. And in all seriousness, I would love to go up <clears throat> to uh, Maine and stay in a yurt with Alex for a few days. That'd be fun. And in equal seriousness, um, you're welcome anytime. Thanks, man. But I would probably need a map <clears throat> to get there. I think. Well, yeah. See, and this is the thing. That was an ace in the hole segue. That was, that was eighteenth hole. Let you, me your tell you what happened, Barker. Shot a birdie and you went eagle. Let me tell you what happened. What happened? That segue was so perfect that I was caught off guard by how good it was. <laughs> yeah, and it I was didn't. Like... I didn't know how to respond to an actual good segue. Well, dang it! I think we. I think it's just confirmed that we're bad at segues. Period. <laughs> Even when we have good ones. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think we're just bad at this in general. I think yeah, is what I think the takeaway so. is the podcasting thing. Yeah, just this I whole so. well, I, not even podcast. I think just talking and we're, we're bad people. Yeah, I, just existing yeah. mostly. We're just bad at subpar human beings. We have yeah. a, a poor existence. Yeah, yeah. I can. See I that mean, and sure. you know, at least we know. <clears throat> yeah. Yes, for sure. 
Well, sure. either way, that segue for you, ladies and gentlemen, home has to do with today's topic, which is because it's an episode sixty, and because it's been forever since the last <laughs> even number episode, uh, like that. Every five episodes was it that we used to do these? We're I think it anyway was every ten, wasn't it? <laughs> Some number. Every ten, every five. Well, every well now it's every thirty. We do around the town <laughs> where we pick something that you or your players might see around a town or village or city or something inside of your game, and we take this simple idea and we flesh it out and make it bigger and better and more amazing than you could have ever dreamed. And today, we have decided on a cartographer. So, now, now I'm going to jump in here and say the reason that this inspired me the most is because I, I've always loved maps of worlds. I think that's yes. probably my favorite part of a campaign-setting campaign book is always the map. I, yeah. I'm a big fan. And we are, at for Absolute Tabletop, we are currently having a map of my homebrew setting of Enkea created, and it is just looking amazing. Mm -hmm. And so it made me think, okay, how does this actually work? How does a cartographer actually work? And I haven't seen it in a game. I've never been a cartographer. I've known one cartographer in my entire life, who I can't ask any questions to because he's passed away. But... Uh, it, it, it makes me wonder, what do you guys know mm -hmm. about cartographers in general, whether they relate to RPGs or not? Hmm. Well, uh, a lot of cartography is fieldwork, at least in the, uh, in the typical fantasy setting. Uh, nowadays, mm -hmm. nowadays we have satellites and so forth. We can use, uh, use those to measure to within, you know, fractions of inches and, and, uh, and so forth. But... <clears throat> You know, in the old days, they, people would have to just go out into the wilderness, take measurements from certain points using, uh, um, you know, some uh, basic equipment, a sextant, uh, uh, compass, compass, that sort of thing. And, and, Actually, and that's a good idea. Later, yeah. I'm just writing it down. Later, we should talk about what tools they use. Oh, yeah, sure. So so they would they would essentially have to lay out all these places. And, and as they went, they would, you know, uh, from, the, from this point here, you know, we, we mark this peak at this number of degrees, this peak at this number of degrees, they get the distance. And, and it, it was a very sort of time-consuming, um, mm -hmm. you know, a time-consuming thing, but it was, it was so worth it, especially when you're talking about, um, you know, sea, you know, uh, uh, sailing, you know, they, they mm -hmm. needed to know precisely where they were going to go. Cause when you're in the middle of the ocean, you've got nothing but the stars to go by. So you need to make sure that yep, when yeah. you point in that direction, you're going to get to where you're going because, if you miss it by by one degree, yeah. you're going to be off by hundreds of miles, running out of supplies, you know, suffering from you know um, diseases and uh, you know probably sinking. Yeah, and you mentioned you know these people did this is a very arduous, time-consuming process to yeah. make a map and to yeah. map, or not just to make a map, but to cartograph to map something out. Right. And I mean, we're talking months or years of a process, like just. Super long, and if you look at those old maps of, like, let's say, Great Britain in the <clears throat> 16th century or 17th yeah. century, 17th and 18th more so, it, they're surprisingly good and yeah, accurate, yeah. given that you know that somebody in a ship or somebody on foot has made this map. It's pretty incredible. Well, it, it all comes down to simple mathematics. I mean, you know, if you look yeah. what the, the Egyptians did with their pyramids, I mean, those things are are huge, and they're accurate to... You know, a number of decimal places. So these are, you know, we, you know, we've had this math for a long time. So it's it's really just a matter of taking accurate measurements. You know, it, okay. in 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 cartography, accuracy is the thing. Cool, awesome. What about you, Matt? Any experience in that field? Man, the th this is an episode where I'm like here for the info. The, like the I'm inspiration. writing stuff down. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it's something that I know very very little about. And uh, something that I haven't even thought about in regards to my world. And I actually worked in the engineering field for three years mm -hmm. and worked with a bunch of surveyors. They worked across the across my cubicle wall from me. And seeing all the tools that they had at their disposal, they were working with um, drones uh, right before oh, I left that nice. job. They had drones that they were using for surveying, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even working next to surveyors and sort of seeing firsthand the sorts of things they did, I still didn't really understand exactly what it was that they were doing. And obviously they were out taking measurements and things like that. But in regards to, like, fantasy worlds, it's like, man, I don't even know, like, 
who mapped out Aranoth? Like my homebrew world, like who was responsible for that? Because there maps of it exist. You know, people yep. know where things are and where things are in relation to each other. There's not a lot of unexplored areas. So it's like somebody did that and probably not just one person. It was probably an organization of some sort or, you know, I so I, it's got me thinking. So I'm here. Cool. I'm sitting down. I got my well, popcorn and I'm ready to ready to learn. Well, one thing to keep in mind is when, when we're looking at maps, especially again of a fantasy world, <clears throat> where there's no satellites, travel is slow and, and often infrequent, you know, so yep. uh, you could have a map and, and it could be hopeless, you know, really outdated, <laughs> you know, compared to what it should be. You know, last time you looked, there were these towns along this border, but now, you know, that the, this map is now 30 years old. What's, you know, are those towns still there? Were they burned to the ground right. by some, um, by some advancing army? I mean, there's, there's yep. a lot, there's a lot of things to, that, that they can change over time and you know in a world where communication is is very slow and travel is slow and and um you know they don't have the technology to you know to, to instantly update things it, it can be you know maps aren't always accurate and that can be kind of fun no. in a game for sure and it makes me think alex <laughs> you brought up a good point and so did so did matt you know in asking why is there a map Averna, you know <laughs> yeah. why is that? What what happened? You know, other than I'm making an Aeronaut supplement, and I think the players would want a map of the damn place. You know, so like who did it? And I yeah. honestly, and I've thought about this in regards to Aeronaut, Matt, and I was thinking maybe that you know ancient Kazrin, which is kind of this ancient world of Aeronaut, right? An ancient civilization mm -hmm. that was burned to the ground by dragons. Maybe they had the world mapped out, or yeah. Perhaps the convocation has a new, uh, another branch or something that, you know, people who can fly above the landscape and keep a constant map of the world, right? Right, um, yeah. And, and so there are a lot of different ways that map, a map of your world can be drawn. So let's go around and talk about some, some various ways. I know that it's around the town and we should talk about the building or the person that, that does the map making in your town. But first, I think we should figure out the answer to that question. Why should a map of your world exist? And if so, how and why does it? And what sort of fantastical things can you infuse mm. into that cartography to make it more fun and exciting? I think one of those things is magic. Um, yeah. When I, I watched an episode of Black Mirror the other day, and the episode is centered around <laughs> soldiers, and they had eye implants, and they basically had heads-up displays in their eyes, and oh, yeah, that was so cool. It was really cool, and they could, like, map out an entire area that they were about to attack and kind of have a, an active map in the field uh, that these soldiers can look at using their heads-up displays. It was really brilliant, and it made me think, God, that'd be cool for a fantasy thing, for magic, yeah. to have some sort of magical device that would explode or something and map out a massive, a large area of mm. space. Yeah, so I think cool. magic is a good way to do it. What, what do you guys think? What's another way, or if you want to add to the magical thing, you can too. Um, I, I would think you know you, you could have a series of cartographer guilds that stretch you know across you know entire continents where they sort of share information. So you know they, each one each guild would be responsible for surveying a certain region, and and they would constantly be sending people out, especially if they're unexplored areas or. You know, uh, things are changing, or um, uh, you know, new things are being built, new bridges, new roads. For sure. So all, or, all of those, or, you all, know, spies. Well, sure. Like yeah, that. yeah. So all all of those things would have to be, you know, updated regularly. So you could have this this network of guilds across an entire, like I said, continent where they they communicate and they're constantly sending updates to each other and and uh, and keeping this this map network, you know. Uh, up to date and complete. Okay, cool. I like that. I, I think the guild is a a really solid way to go when you're yeah. going for that medieval kind of fantasy setting, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if you have bards in your world, like, is that something that they do? Is is that one of their jobs as a bard, or is there a specific bard college that is designated mm -hmm. to you know doing mapping and exploring and things like that? Um, yeah. I would look at. Um, you know, like the like British explorers in like the like the eighteenth century who were like like it was sort of this kind of adventurous thing where you know British explorers were going to like Africa and stuff and trying to like um, trace like the source of the Nile and things like that. And while they were doing that, they were like discovering mountains and stuff. And I mean, they were discovering them in 
oh, a British person has never looked at this mountain, but other people have, but they would name them and things like that. Yeah. You know, I I like that kind of, that sort of feel where it's like these, they're noblemen, you know, they're, it's very expensive to do this as, as your vocation. And so I like the idea of like, well off, like noble people who are like going off on adventures and exploring and discovering things and helping to map out and, and survey. Yeah. I mean, to answer Barker's question, though, I mean, it's why would there be a map of the entire world? And I think that, well, apart from the, the, the meta reason that, you know, the GM needs a map of his world. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, we uh, want to know where the party is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah right. <laughs> where are you? Um, I don't think that. Or that, the actual party. Sorry. Or the, the party like the Halloween party. That's not what I meant. But I'm like, you know what? If you want to know where the party <laughs> yeah, is, where is the party? Yeah, right. Yeah, where's exactly. the, where the hell's the party? The, we need to get to the party. No, I, but there's there's not any reason that the that the player characters would necessarily have access to all of that. Uh, certainly, they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily have a world map. They would they might know they might have heard rumors that um, you know there are mountains somewhere far to the south, um, yep. or that there's a great sea to the to the to the east that they've never seen that kind of, that kind of thing. But finding access to a map of those of those places would be very very difficult to do. And yeah. and if there were, was a map and they wanted to like have it it would be extraordinarily expensive especially if it's up to date yeah. because yeah. again the information these are all drawn by hand very um, valuable yeah. yeah i mean so these are these are these are like gold mm-hmm. that's a really interesting point because maps are super expensive and that reminded me something you said you know these maps are very detailed you know they contain all this information that's why they're so expensive matt has a really i don't know it's like an innate ability of making very simple almost like tribal or prehistoric maps and mm, yeah. there and and i don't know if um if matt you want to post some to a fistful of dice so people could maybe check them out maybe the one from your core yeah, sure. game or something but mm-hmm. they're just you know something like that where you think about okay well if, if there's someone that's getting paid you know millions and millions of dollars to make this map of the world there's probably someone that's getting paid ten dollars <laughs> or nothing to map out a certain region maybe they yeah. you know it's a treasure map or mm-hmm. uh, a, a map of a kind of a lost city that disappears, <clears throat> you know, stuff like that. Like cartography isn't necessarily just about the world. But the question is, who does this and how do you put it in your game? Now, we've gone over the possibilities of like, right, who makes the map, mm-hmm. right? Magic, guilds, you mentioned, griffins. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea <laughs> of griffins flying around, map in the world, I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, where does this go in your town? Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, wrong Alex, because I think you might know a little bit about this too, but a, a cartographer is almost like a contractor for a printing company or and vice versa, right? Uh, not necessarily. I, I mean, uh, okay. you know, they, certainly they, they – well, if that's if printing exists in your world, first of all. I mean, okay, you, may yeah, not, you may not have printing, but – uh, no. And, and uh, to clarify, mm-hmm. I, this you know, Nkea exists in like an 18th century feel, so that's where my brain has okay, been. Okay, you're so, absolutely right. right. Yeah, yeah. In, in that case, yeah, that you it could be, or it would have its own printing press if it were big enough. I mean, if they're getting yeah, you know, money from nobles, and they then they would set up their own printing printing press so they could control the the flow of maps, you know, uh, because again, they would be extremely valuable. But if you're looking at um, you know, a typical place in in a more medieval fantasy setting, you know, you're going to have this, this let's say you have this this cartographer's guild or an office, you know they're going to have the people that draw the maps. They're going to have the people that um, uh, that go out into the field to do the the the, the research. They whether they're the whether they're the uh, oh, what do you call them? Uh, Matt used the word earlier. Uh, surveyors. Oh who, yeah. <clears throat> who are actually going out and doing things, or maybe they're hiring adventurers to go out and do this kind of stuff. Maybe they're going into a, mm-hmm. a more you know, an unexplored area that's or an area that hasn't been explored in a long time, and there are rumors of trolls or whatever. So yeah, let's we're not going to send our, our best surveyors out there. Let's send these adventurers out with may, maybe a surveyor in tow, or we we give them a real, you know, basic course on how to use you know this this simple equipment and start getting some information. So that uh, I mean, yeah, that can be a great plot, you know, uh, you know, plot hook for for any game really. 
For yeah, sure. I think we, we mentioned that during the Brigade Con panel where it was like yeah, the right. adventurers get this like magic tool and all they have to do is like go to this place and use it and it'll survey the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the area is like super dangerous, so they have to like fight their way there, like survive these like perils mm-hmm. to just set up this little surveying device in order to get the information <laughs> from yeah. the mapper. Exactly. Exactly. Just getting to the location and getting back is so dangerous that it's worth yeah. A quest in terms of you know fantasy RPG stuff. Yeah, and someone who's getting paid to draw maps is like, I don't get paid enough to do that, so I'm going to pay somebody <laughs> else to go do it for me. That's right. Go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> that's no right. They'll, they'll, they'll sacrifice a little bit of accuracy for safety. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And and if you're ever wondering, because that's a common thing that I think a lot of people have trouble with, including myself, is why would anyone hire the players to do this when they could just do it themselves? Just up the danger. <laughs> Yeah. Immediately, yeah. you know, if you up the danger, it's like you know what? I'm hiring you to do it because I'm I'm I have a kid to look after. Yeah. Well, well keep well, in mind, it's, just, it's convenience too. It's like yeah. I would love to be able to hire somebody to come like yep. clean my house, and if I could afford it, I absolutely <laughs> yeah. would. You know, and so it's like if you think about it, like if there's anyone that has any amount of gold, they'd yeah. probably be like, eh, I don't feel like dealing with this. I've got work to do. I've got a family, so I'm going to pay this schmuck who's willing to work for two silvers an hour, like mm-hmm. to go do it. To expand yeah. the business, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be a great a great danger either. I mean, let's face it: a cartographer is not going to stand stand up against even your, your basic pack of wolves, you know. So, yeah. or it, a it, bandit, or a goblin. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, something like that could even be a good zero or first level adventure for a party, you know. Uh, just sending it's them out like... to, you know, yeah, we uh, we're sending we're sending you to Orc Valley. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So named. Uh, because of the uh, many bluebirds that were there. <laughs> well, and you could do you could do like a high level adventure too, where like maybe yeah. there's a cartographer that's trying to map out the underdark, you know. And so it's like right, right. he's you know trying yeah. to map out the just the labyrinthian tunnels of the underdark. Like that would be kind of a cool adventure as well. It's mm-hmm. funny in this conversation. I think we've stumbled across a hack, and I kind of hate that phrase. But <laughs> if you're really having trouble figuring out a, a reason for the players to go into a dungeon or go into anywhere really just have them get hired by a cartographer yeah <laughs> it's just yeah. just map this place out and also you can always hand the grid paper over to one of the players and actually have them draw the map as you describe the place yeah yeah have you ever done that because i've i have done that once and it was to an enormous success I did it. I've done it before with like dungeons. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you keep track of the rooms on this, you know, on this piece of paper, so we know you guys can backtrack if you need to or whatever. And um, but it was, it's kind of fun. It gives the players something to do, and uh, most of the time they're pretty keen to do it too. So yeah, cool. back in high, back in high school, it was me and another person in our group who loved drawing maps. You know, I mean, I don't think there's a GM out there, at least old school ones that that don't still get, you know. Uh, a little lightheaded when we walk past a shelf full of graph paper, you know. It's like, oh, oh man, every oh, time. Look at every that. Time. Look, at that. <laughs> look at that saucy number. So, so <laughs> with the with the dividing, you know, it's divided up into uh, sub uh, subsections. It's yeah. got the big squares mm-hmm. and the little squares. That's right. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's beautiful. <laughs> so, but yeah, so you know, the the two of us, we you know, we we would take turns, you know, mapping the dungeons we're in and, and you know, shading it in as we're going, and and it, it was just it was just fun, you know. We loved uh, uh, seeing seeing what the map looked like at the end, and seeing if it actually matched up with what the original, what the actual map was supposed to look like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I really like that idea, and I think I'm going to do more of that, especially <clears throat> because I have this area in the world that's uh, really difficult to chart because the islands here seem to move around and disappear and reappear in different places and such and um i I feel like that would be the perfect place to be like all right here player you be a cartographer you know you map out like what do you guys think of the players like using that as maybe kind of a a way to thrust adventure on them is maybe they're the team of uh, of cartographers in the guild yeah, I think it's yeah. a great idea, and and it could you could have it as their background. You know, that could be their, um, you know, if you're talking fifth edition D and D, that could be their, that could be their background, and so they continue to use that to go out into the world and, yeah. um, you know, exploring all these these areas. Because again, you know, the the world they, even even if a cartographer has a really basic idea of the world, there are always going to be little, 
you know, valleys and ravines and, and, and mountains that, yep. that, that aren't as detailed as they might. You know, maybe they have to go to the mountains to uh, chart a new path through the mountains, find a new way, yeah. find, find find a new pass because the other one has been maybe destroyed by some sort of eruption or, you know, has been taken over by the giants or whatever. You know, we, we, need, to, we need to find a new way through these mountains. So you guys, find us a new way through the mountains. That's a whole campaign right Love there. It. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 100%. That, I mean, at least three sessions. <clears throat> yeah. And good stuff too. Like I, yeah, I yeah. love that stuff that 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 makes sense in a real world setting because that's that's one of the things that I don't know. Ex- it's, it excites me about cartographers in games because mm-hmm. you know I could we can sit here on roll up and die and talk about wizards and magic and dragons and such, but a cartographer is one of those little things that once you put it into your game, it gives you that realism. It's almost like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What's that? Uh, that dry brushing technique on miniatures. It's almost like. <laughs> that at the end like whoa right. okay wow yeah. that's a thing yeah it just brings it all the light yeah yeah well, that's like uh in in the <clears throat> game pathfinder if you actually play in the campaign setting of galarian like pathfinders mm. are it's like a society of explorers who yeah. like delve into yeah. like lesser known places and you know map them out and stuff like that in fact one of the I think I, I so I never played in the actual campaign setting but I remember reading a book about how every pathfinder gets like a compass and they're they're called like Way wayfinders, I think, mm-hmm. and they're like they're like magic compasses that they all get. Um, oh, cool! Um, so that's yeah. kind of like the, the whole campaign setting is based around this this society of essentially yeah. like explorer cartographers. That was one of the things I really did like about Pathfinder was that that concept. I thought that was really yeah. neat. It was a it was a cool way to sort of <clears throat> you know break the murder hobo mold in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put a you focus know, on adventuring and Exactly, give and, them a more noble exploring. reason to be out there versus, you know. Yeah. So, you know, now 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 instead of being, you know, uh, you know, Klingons, they're Captain Picard, you know. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it's and it's like it, it, you don't have to worry about why are the PCs together? Why yeah. are they doing this? It's like that well, yep. cuz they're in the Pathfinder society, like it's it's their That's job. Right. It's what they're doing and it's really easy like they finish a mission they go back to the society their captain's like hey cool good job here's your pay and here's your next mission you know that sort of thing so done and done you know yeah doing something like that with cartographer with map makers with explorers is like a really good way to kind of just tie everything together and make it easy as a game master to get your players like together as a party that is awesome yeah Yeah. and it's always nice if you can provide a, a, a good reasonable logical reason for them to be together versus uh, you, you guys all know each other because of your uncle Bob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. hey man, Uncle Bob ain't a bad ain't a bad fallback. <laughs> uncle Bob, man. <laughs> now I I love that stuff. I love that stuff. That's automatic. I'm a, I'm a big fan of skipping through the awkward session one where you try to pretend that you know each other or you try to get to know each other and force it. Mm-hmm. Oh, session ones. <laughs> what? Well, and on the flip side, we're, you know. Um, Maps can be pretty cool if 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 they're wrong, you know. Like if you yeah. you know if the players are trying to trying to pick up a map for a certain area, a new area they're going to. Uh, mm-hmm. So they go to a cartographer, and you know maybe he doesn't have any new maps of the area. But I have this old one; it's about you know fifty years old, but I'm, I'm sure it's probably still accurate. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so they they think of following this road and and and, and end up coming to this river. And they find this this bridge that's been out for forty years now, um, and and now they have to go somewhere else. So, you yeah. know, the maps can be um, really interesting tools for the GM to sort of um, not 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 railroad a party, but certainly uh, get them get them somewhere that they weren't expecting to go. Let's say, yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, and also, you know. Uh, how about how about the plot hook of discovering a map but not knowing where that place is, and now that's your goal? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hold on, we found this map, but this place doesn't exist on any maps. You know, so where is yeah. this? So you have to find it. Yeah, yeah. give a give a uh, player character a map as a trinket and see how long it takes them before they go. I, I want to find out where this map is. Like, I have this <laughs> yeah. map and I don't yeah. know where it goes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I love that. And in that same kind of idea, that it, it's also a great thing for a treasure. You know, I mean, usually when people yeah. find scroll cases, they're like, "Oh, spells!" You know, and and they're excited about that, and they they find a map and they're like, "Oh, it's just a map." 
well, wait a minute, maybe that map is worth 500 gold pieces to a, the right cartographer, you know, that that's not yeah. just yep. necessarily a, you know, if th- this is a map of a lost uh, part of the continent that no one's been to in millennia. So, but here's a map of this from, you know, uh, 1500 years ago, and, and that's valuable. You know, it doesn't yes. have to be gold or, you know, uh, magic items. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, really quick to talk about different types of maps. You know, when I think yeah. of a map, and I think when most people think of a map, we think of a location or a region or a treasure map or a map of a dungeon or a map of the world. But, you know, I got this this book a while back when I was feeling inspired. It's called Maps That Changed the World. And mm-hmm. if you're very, very interested in history and maps, you should get it. But um, <laughs> there's a map in here called, uh, basically, it, it was cholera was, f- they found the... Um, they found how the infection of cholera was spread in mm-hmm. England after it accounted, in, in, this is uh, in 1849, right? Cholera accounted for 50,000 deaths in England. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there was a, um, I'm not entirely sure where this, where the, what city it was, but they made a map of all of the infections and that's how they realized uh, it came from, I think it was a water source. Mm-hmm. So that's a map making <clears throat> thing. Like, hey, yeah. guys, we need to figure out, you need, all right, there are like, a hundred different sick people in Sandwall. You need to help us figure out what's happening by charting out where they are. And once the players do that and go through all the different adventures and encounters they're in, they find that the sewers are where the you know the the <laughs> issue is, and that they mm-hmm. now have to go into the next uh, kind of section of yeah. the campaign. Well, that could I'm be my real cat cool. Screaming at me at the door, so I'm going to be right back. <laughs> but you guys keep talking. Okay. Well, and that could be a cool idea to create sort of a uh, a great opportunity to make a prop, you know. So yeah. like you 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 could you could make this map of a city, and now they have to sort of like you know plot where all these uh, uh, outbreaks are, and then the players can kind of look at this map, okay, you know, and, and look where the dots are and, and start you know dr- you know triangulating where you know where they all are in relation to the city and, and, and sort of come up with the solution on their own. And that could, you know, that can be kind of a, a cool moment and, and make the players feel smart. And, um, it just, it can create a great moment. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I've done things like that in like call of Cthulhu games, you know? Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, I ran a couple, a series of <clears> sessions <throat> where the players were in Marseille and I had a map of, uh, like the, sort of Harbor region of Marseille and a few like interesting points sort of pointed out. And then they were sort of writing things on the map as they were discovering different things. Like, oh, we fought a fish guy here, and the gangsters attacked us here. And they were sort mm, that's of awesome. mapping things out on the map. And that's like a cool, like like you were saying, Alex, like an interactive prop that they can use. That's yeah. very cool. I, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah. And, and, and that's one of the things I really miss uh, playing mostly on, online these days. But uh, if you can give the, 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 the players you know, a prop map of some kind, whether it's, you know, whether they have to fill it out themselves or it's something that they get and they have to figure it out. Uh, it's yeah. a puzzle of some kind that, that just th- does a lot of great things for the, uh, you know, for your game. And if you really want to go the extra mile, print it on brown paper and burn the edges a little bit, soak yep. it in some tea, you know, yeah, just use go tea, all yep. out with it's like, it. Oh yeah, my yeah, gosh, absolutely. this map survived a fire and the only yeah. the edges were burned. <laughs> <laughs> what are no, the always, odds? Someone spilled tea all over too. this map. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, ketchup? <laughs> What's this ketchup? I love it. Well, yeah, and think about, you know, a lot of different sciences uh, were created by maps uh take mm. uh geology uh geology yeah. when you know you you uh, where people i think it, his name was i'm gonna totally pretend i don't have a, a book in front of me i believe his name was william smith and people called him the father of english geology but in all seriousness <laughs> he traveled around the country making a complete survey of all the mm. rocks and fossils and so he created a map of all the different kind of geological regions which brought this new science science to light so there, mapping, I feel like, isn't just trying to figure out what uh, or where or how to get to a place, right? Because that is usually how we use maps, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. But I think oftentimes it's, we just want to know what's there for this other purpose. And right. the question of what that other purpose is, whether it's science or religion or anything, uh, yeah. or, you know, travel or, you know, tourism or whatever, whatever that is, maybe that's why a map of your world exists. Or maybe that's just where you can start when it comes to plot hooks and such. 
nice thing yeah. about car- car- cartography too is that it can be applied carpentography. to carpentography carpentography new field can be applied to a lot of different genres too i mean y- you could have this the almost the exact same type of adventure but in space you know where the uh mm. you know the 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 character's ship has to go to a, a new sector of space. I mean, That's Star Trek, idea. Star Trek was basically a a, a big survey mission, oh <laughs> you gosh, know, of, all of, it was. Of, of unexplored space. Wow, so, that's true. You know, that's that's a campaign right there. So, or you know, or the seas. Think yeah. about you know the seas. <clears throat> if you if you want to stick with the fantasy or even the modern, you know, take a ship out and yeah, cartograph. Well. Did, did you did you ever see uh, the new Cosmos series with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Oh no, yes. but I, I would love you to. Got, you got to see it, man. It's awesome. It's great. But yeah. th- th- there's a part where he talks about how I forget who it was now. Um, maybe it was Edmund Haley, but it, 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 you know someone who was studying the stars for you know particularly for navigation, to, you know had to charter uh, an expedition to the southern hemisphere to get to see the stars down there. You, you can't see them in the northern hemisphere. Some exactly, of the stars, exactly. Yeah. So uh, you know, and, and when he got there, it was it was cloudy most of the time. So he had he you know, he had to catch glimpses of it through the breaks in the clouds, and, and eventually he got mm-hmm. what he needed. But you know, yeah. so yeah, I mean, um, that sort of but you're exp- right. You know, Polaris disappears once you cross the equator, or, you know, or yeah. around that area. So that that is yeah. uh, interesting because your map here, especially a map of the sky, I love that you said that. Right, a map of yeah. astrology is completely different depending on where you're from and yeah. what a what, what better way than to create different cultures and religions and beliefs and societies around your world yeah yeah it's true uh another good sci-fi example is uh is stargate um if you ever oh, saw yep. the, the movie of the tv series where oh, yes. <clears throat> where the, the the symbols on the stargate itself spoiler alert folks um are actually constellations and so um you know that that that's sort of a map in and of itself. So, yeah, you know, there's there's a really a lot of ways to include that sort of cartography, I guess, uh, whether it's in space or on land or um, yeah. or on a small scale in um, you know in a in a cave system or um, you know streets like within a city. Yeah. All yeah, location, do, location, location. <laughs> I mean, you could do like a. a my <clears throat> wife was just talking about how she wants to play a uh, Bothan astrogator in uh, Edge of the Empire and mm-hmm. like specialize in like navigating space and like yeah. unchar- you know charting unexplored regions of the galaxy and stuff like that. I mean, you could just any any genre, any you know setting. You can. There's people who need to explore and delve into places and map yep. out regions that haven't been mapped yet. That's so awesome. So awesome. Um, so here's the deal, though, is the thing that will change this from a cartography episode to an around-the-town cartography episode is talk about how you might run into a cartographer or a cartographer's guild or a cartography firm or something in your city, in your town. Yeah. So um, let's say, hypothetically, we'll just, we'll just, we'll, we won't, you walk up to the building, a cartographer's cartographer's building or the firm, and we right. don't want to make the idea you can steal yet. But how many people do you think work in this place? Like, what 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 sort of tools would you see, kind of around the wall? Well, you're gonna have dozens of people. I mean, just in just in the building itself, you're gonna have the people who are, you know, the 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 managers who are sort of like taking orders for 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 maps or, um, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, talking to the nobles you're going to have the people who are actually drawing these these maps <clears throat> you know by hand yep. uh, you're going to have the people who are um you know doing a lot of the math kind of breaking down a lot of the information that comes in from the surveyors so you got you'll you'll have you have those people then you have the surveyors themselves who you know go out into the into the world to actually take the measurements and and so they can make these maps and uh ah. you know they would also handle things like you know the you know, hiring adventurers for the dangerous parts, or maybe hiring an adventure, you know, a small group of adventurers to uh, escort the cartographers to a certain region, that kind of thing. So uh, if, if it's a big enough firm, then you're going to have, you know, quite a lot of people. Um, you know, you, I, I imagine seeing like barrels with roll, you know, huge rolls of parchment, big, you know, like uh, uh, 
tables at like 45 degree angles with benches and, you know, just mm-hmm. huge, uh, uh, rolls of parchment they can stretch out and put like rocks at the corners to you know or weights to yeah. hold them while they uh, for drawing that kind of thing. I mean, oh my gosh, uh, yeah. the, the smell, the, my... the smell of paper, the 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 uh, ink. It would be really dry because they they they, yeah. they can, moisture is death to a map. You know, that's so. a really good point. Yes, yeah, absolutely, very dry. It re- you're reminding me of what you're describing here. You know that scene in Game of Thrones. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a scene where you see the inside of a sept, or it's like a big library. Mm-hmm. It's massive. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where that is and what that's called. If if one of you want to chime in here, but yes, it's uh, old town, high tower. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm looking at that. I'm like that. Imagine that, but for maps, and you yeah. have all of these drawing tables everywhere, hundreds of them, and everybody's scribbling and drawing their maps yep. because everyone's got their own missions. It'd be cool to have something huge like that, even yeah. in a fantasy world. That's just so massive and all the maps come from this location maybe yeah yeah certainly so so when it comes to mapping at sea though now instead of like having like a cartographer's kind of firm or something what's is that kind of more one cartographer plus adventurers maybe or like an entire ship of cartographers well if well if, if you're trying to map the ocean there's two things you're mapping you're mapping the stars, yeah. um, which you need to keep track of. You're mapping the, um, you know, the the land that you meet up against. You know, the short, the you know, the, your coastlines. But you're also mapping currents because that that that's a huge deal when you're talking. You know, and and maybe even you know prevailing winds. Um, the uh, yep. the symbol the symbols that they invented for those prevailing winds. I think they might have been invented by the same person. Uh, that I was talking about earlier, and the, those those same symbols are used today by by the by people who you know track weather, and right. you know to show where you know which way the the main currents are going, which way the winds you know generally go, and so mm-hmm. those those are going to be things you got to map as well. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's a completely different ball game. To yeah, you, uh, sports yeah. reference. But most, but if they're on a ship and they're out in the middle and they're out there, they're, they're, they're going to be the surveyors. They're going to be the ones who are gathering this information, and okay. they may be um, getting the information from these ships. Maybe um, a place would have a general rule where captains. Well, it's, it's kind of like you know, basic. It's basically international law that if if someone sends an SOS, if you're in the middle of the ocean, you respond to it and you help. You know, that's yes. just what everyone does. And mm-hmm. so, you know, maybe it's the same way with, you know, cartography. Maybe if, you know, if you're traveling across the ocean, especially if you're going someplace new, you take these measurements and you, and you share them. You have them to map it that, out. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So, and, that, and that's, that's just a great what you idea. do. I love that idea that everybody has a, kind of a, a, a responsibility to do it. Yeah. Because right. maybe maybe it's life and death. Maybe maybe you know these these wor- this world is so fantastical. It, things can change. Like we never know. Like if you're traveling, we need to know where you're going. We need to know what you find there. You know, report back, and maybe they pay you as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think that's a super cool idea, and I think we. Uh, I, I I don't know. How do you feel, Matt? At coming in with the, uh, just kind of the the. Laying back, eating your popcorn, trying to learn stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, you know what? I, I was writing some stuff down while, while we were talking, and I think I came up with a pretty cool idea of what happens in Aranoth, uh for cartography and why it exists. And I think that um, I think that there's, uh, it's one person. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. And I think they're, they're sort of um, uh, maybe a wizard, a uh, very sort of eccentric kind of wizardy person who has a bunch of owls um, that they use their spells to perceive through the eyes of, um, mm-hmm. and they send these owls out and survey the land using these owls, and that's primarily where the maps have come from, is from this, and maybe it's like uh, maybe it's like a family business, like it was like one person, and now it's like an entire family is in charge of like sending these owls out and like surveying different things, but um, I think that's kind of cool, so I'm going to go that's with that. That's really brilliant, especially, you know, that reminds me of uh, Orin in the Winds of Cersei. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got a soft spot for owls, and uh, Orin, you know, was able to look through his owl's eyes, so that's kind of where the idea came from, so I mm, think so that's cool. what I'm going to go with. Awesome, I love it, man, that's really cool. Uh, I think that I'm going to go with the 
massive cartographers undertaking in the world. I, I like the idea of that massive building, like that beautiful library with just hundreds yeah. of people in it working. And uh, I like the idea that there's one location where the maps come in uh, inside this free city. So there's no question about integrity and such like that. You know, there's, um, but I, I like that. I just really love the idea that most of the or many of the adventuring that goes on in the endless isles which are those islands i was talking about earlier or the kind of the place to the north which is kind of a place that people don't usually go it's almost like your your wild lands in your homebrew mm-hmm. fantasy world right yeah um you know a lot of adventurers go there i imagine because they're being paid to map and i really i just like that realism yeah no, that's what about great you? I, what about you that Alex? fits in perfectly yeah. with Ankea too yeah, awesome. I, I, yeah, I definitely lean more towards the, the the sort of gritty cartography where that you know where you have to have people go out and you know you you, you have the sextant, you have the uh, the compass, you've got your you know survey surveying poles that you set up and 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 uh, you know you take your measurements that kind of thing because mm-hmm. I don't know, it just <clears throat> I, I mean I love using magic for certain things but I think the idea of and and it's kind of you know kind of goes against the idea we we gave at uh, Brigade Con but. You know the the idea of just taking a magic item and then and then just having it scan a whole area is, is I don't know it feels a little too too easy I guess in a way yeah I mean, you know yeah. it, it, you know um, but you know you there's no you know it depends on your world you know if you, if you sure. like if you like a high magic world like uh, uh, Eberron or something like that then then yeah do that or um, or you could maybe you have a special priesthood that that. Um, maybe maybe making maps is a religious order, and and I love that. Any, 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 anyone who makes anyone who makes maps that is not of this order is is a blasphemy. Is 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 committing blasphemy. You know, <laughs> that, yeah. that, is, yeah. that is not that is not a true map of the world. And so, you know, and, and maybe they maybe, and maybe they have to go out and commune with the with the gods and and uh, who can see all and and you know they they get a vision of this area now or something like that. That's um, awesome. I love that idea. I, yeah, I, you that's know, really I, cool. I think I mentioned religion just earlier, just in passing, but but yeah, you know, religious orders, especially if your if your setting is anything reminiscent of uh, of the Dark Ages or the Middle Ages, you know, the, mm-hmm. the science, education, cartography, perhaps, you know, a lot of these things are going to be kind of underneath the umbrella of the kind of the religious. Um, yeah. I don't want to say kind of powers that be, but but sort of is, you know, like um, much of the science that was. Uh, you know, much of I, I'm, it, now correct me if I'm wrong, but m- many of the keepers of science throughout our history have been re- religious people, uh, and and well, well during uh, the Middle Ages, who are high in religious yeah. orders. Yeah, yeah. During, during, now, now of course that that's uh, that's double edged sword. You know, if 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 there's yes. if there's stuff they don't like, they can make it go away. Absolutely, so, and that goes so, with anything. You know, it, yeah. I was talking about my you know my government's in charge of it. That's just yeah. as scary. You know, yeah. so that's that's a really interesting thought. Yeah, who I mean, owns it, these owls? Who owns these <laughs> owls? You need me on that wall. What? Why did I go a few good men with it? Well, yeah, I, I mean, don't know look, why look, I went there. <laughs> well, yeah, you look at most most books. You know, uh, were 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 copied before the printing press were copied by monks. You know, they they yeah. were copied in, in in religious uh, institutions, but uh, you know, long 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 before that, um, it was handled very differently. So you had. Yep. Uh, I mean, if there's one place that I could go to in history, you know, uh, time travel wise, would be the the library at Alexandria, which is, uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, don't you <laughs> still get feels about that, man? I do. Don't it, you? It, every it, once yeah. in a while, you think I about so, it and you're like, get God angry. Damn it. What <laughs> the Son hell, guys? <laughs> you're like, <laughs> just like, man. I just thought about yeah, the library you know, again. Was, uh, it's really making me I was, mad. I was in line at the grocery <laughs> store and just son of a bitch. Well, what's the matter? <laughs> library at Alexandria. Son of, you know, <laughs> Alex is Damn looking it. all solemn. Like, what's, what's wrong, baby? What? It's just Thermopylae. I just I don't know what it is. <laughs> Three hundred Spartans. Three hundred men. Oh God! Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> what do you guys think? We should take a question from our listeners. What do you think? Let's do it. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a Facebook page because we are uh, your modern RPG podcast. We are at Facebook.com/slash Roll Up and Die. Uh, and uh, every single time we record, I almost said every week, that's not been the case recently with BrigadeCon, but every single time we record, beforehand we will put up a post about our subject, and you can ask your questions on the post, and the one with the most likes, maybe the top two with the most likes, will be answered. So I think we're probably going to grab one right now, depending on the question. 
Um, and I'll read it. Uh, this yes. is coming from RJC. Okay, so first name RJ, last name starts with C. So RJC, now the coolest person to rule up and die. RJC. <laughs> Cartographers. <laughs> he said, the first thing is, damn, difficult to think of a question. Here it goes. It is difficult. I was wondering about this. I'm like, I don't think they're going to do it. What is the most interesting way you've seen a game master or player incorporate a map that was made in the actual world, such as a brief sketch of the region by a party member or an in-depth layer-by-layer drawing of the abyss by a knowledgeable mage? I understand the uses of maps and cartography out of game, but I'd really like to hear about great ways to use it in character. Thanks, guys, and have an adventurous evening. Hey, thanks, RJC. Uh, I think that's a really good question. I think we've touched mm. a bit on it. Um, but what's a, an interesting way I've seen a game master player incorporate a map that was made in the actual world. So uh, I, I'm going to talk about something that I know that uh, Mike Krahulik from Penny Arcade talked about uh, mm -hmm. him doing a while back. And it's something that I did as well, and it worked really well. Uh, it was a heist, and I had a blueprints of a building, and mm -hmm. that was the map. And basically I put it on the table, and this is what he did as well. I absolutely shamelessly copied him. And he... Told the players, all right, I'm going to give you 30 minutes to look at this map and plan an Ocean's Eleven style heist. Mm. Uh, you know, com complete with all of the, you know, the slide, like the sunglasses with the cameras and the, the sleight of hand <laughs> and the, you know, the jumping through the elevator, like everything. And then, you know, he went and took a break for 30 minutes, exactly what I did. And I came back and it was excellent. It was, it, no, I don't know if that has anything to do with cartographers in general. But that was just using that map and being inspired by it. The players just murdered it. It was so good. That sounds really fun. Do, do you guys have any? It was fun. Do you guys have any <laughs> uh, um, uh, examples of a time when you've seen a fun way to incorporate a map? Or do you have any ideas? I've done that in sci-fi uh, where <clears throat> you know, the, the, the characters have to sort of plot their travel uh, you know to, to adjust to, to make best use of time to make best use of fuel um, because that that's one thing I like to do with especially with sci-fi in space because uh, unlike Star Trek that has basically kind of unlimited fuel if you're talking about if you're talking about a, a sci-fi setting that has limited fuel then you have to plan your trip because you know if you get you know presumably you have FTL but if 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 you if your fuel runs out mid journey, then then you're going to spend the next you know five hundred thousand years traveling to the next star. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so it's going to be wonderful. It's it's really important to get to to, to plan your trip, uh, uh, you know, based on your needs and your fuel. And so in yeah. a situation like you know, especially sci-fi, you know, that kind of planning uh, using you know star charts can be uh, can be uh, critical. That's a good idea because you might say like. And even if you come up with a, a pretty stern, crunchy mechanic for it, like, all right, you have 10 points of fuel to spend, and every, you know, it'll cost two to get to this star, one to get to this star, and you have to get to this star way far away, and you have yeah. to kind of plot your course. Some players might not think that's very fun, but I'm one of the few that kind of like that um, that thought process that goes into it, especially when, even if I think I've got it all figured out, the GM can throw a wrench in the spokes, and you know I get hit up, hit by mercenaries, or you know the something breaks. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I, that's a really good idea. Never thought about that. Something that I've wanted to do but haven't done yet is um, I saw this. I think it was on um, Dyson's page. Dyson does these really awesome maps, but he had um, it was a circular dungeon map. It was three tiers, and they were. Uh, each tier was bigger than the last one, so they were essentially piled on top of each other. And he had a push pin through it so that all the th three layers spun, and mm. each layer would connect to the other layers like in different ways. And so it was a mm. revolving dungeon, and the yep. players were able to <clears throat> turn the map. And in doing so, they would turn the actual dungeon. The dungeon would move around them, and they would have nice. to line up certain hallways to go to different areas and stuff like that. And I've always wanted to do something like that. I think that would be so fun. That is that, awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. So there's there's one question that we've we've answered a lot of the questions just in passing, which I figured we'd do. But there is one that uh, from a Christopher M that asks, uh, could having a cartographer in the party split the load of 
world building between that player and a new DM, or do you think pulling it off would be too challenging? And I love sharing my world building with the players. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like I tend to be a little bit like stingy <clears throat> about the map. I don't know. I'm really <laughs> particular about maps, but yeah. But I think like if I'm, I think that's a good idea. Maybe one of uh, a one shot I might run in the future. You you might consider you know saying all right you have to you have to chart this island and you give them the paper and you let them do it, and then you kind of have this collaborative game session. I think that's an excellent idea, especially yeah, for GMs really cool. who are having a lot of trouble world building. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and you can start, and, and like you said, you know, you can give them an island. You don't have to give them the whole continent, or you give them a region, or um, you know, in a you know, maybe you make the outline of an area, and they get to fill in the blanks. So yeah, there's a lot of ways you can include the players in in being a cartographer. And I think, like I said, even if it's even if it's only as a background, I mean, I think you know, the use the, the use of of backgrounds can be uh, you know, especially in D and D, can be really helpful in in. Uh, um, you know, giving them these extra skills they can use in the game, and, and then a lot, you yeah. know, giving them the opportunity to use them. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's <clears throat> it's another way to let the players feel more important too. Yeah, you know, yeah, or it, just absolutely. not more important, but just important. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Central yeah. focus. Well, cool. Uh, I feel like we should make an idea that the people can steal. Want to make a cartographer's uh, so. place, whatever those called. I don't know. Yeah, let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I just rolled a seven uh, on a d12. That means that, Matt, <laughs> you are going first. What, what are we starting here with? All right, so we're going to make a um, a cartographer or a cartographer's guild in a tiny village, like tiny Ooh. backwoods village. There's a cartographer here. Mm-hmm. What do they map out? Like, you know, it's easy to think of something like in a big city, but this is like very few resources, maybe just like one or two people mm-hmm. doing cartography here in this tiny village. Oh, nice. I love it. Cool. So I'm going to write down <clears throat> tiny village, which I'm glad you brought that in because we had pretty much gone into some depth about just this massive cartographer's <laughs> firm. Yeah. It's the size of the world. It's basically you have to map out the inside of the building. Yeah. So they have to hire another firm to map out the firm. I dropped the Outside dive. hires. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Okay, uh, Rowan, uh, one through six is me, but that is a ten, so that's Alex. Okay, so uh, this entire this entire office of the Cartographers Guild uh, consists of two people, and uh, their job is essentially to keep track of the uh, uh, of the um, the fauna in this in this in this area. So they, they they're actually they're actually mapping with it within the within the forests of this area. The you know the the species that yeah. uh, uh, and and their and their 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 uh, their numbers and so uh, their their um, um, yeah the country needs to know this for some reason they need to keep track of of how many animals there are of certain types and so they go out fairly regularly and uh, go through the tedious task of counting you know counting beasts as the, as they see them within a certain area. And they write that down, and, and and they form these sort of, uh, you know, area maps that that, that show the, the concentration of different types of, of creatures. I love it. I love that's that really type cool. of map. That's sec- that, That's awesome. I almost said that was sexy, and I should have because it was. Um, <laughs> I was like, now do I want to say? Yes, I want to say it. That's uh, a sexy idea, Alex. That was me. So I've got a tiny village. Uh, this this <clears throat> cartographer's guild or firm is run by two people. Uh, basically, they study the animals and the fauna in the surrounding kind of area, uh, and they you know make maps of their different locations. I like the idea that these two people have a backstory that's very similar to like a Thelma Louise, Thelma and Louise, like a <laughs> uh, a, a couple. They used to <clears throat> rob banks. They used to <clears throat> be just uh, um, uh, until something very dark and sinister sent them into hiding in this village. Mm. And um, from then they've made their life as this kind of cartographer's guild. But there's a specific animal that is disappearing and and becoming less and less of a factor in these maps. Um, And that's probably why the players are hired, you know, to find out what's happening to these creatures but these two 
they have an idea of what's going on. They're just afraid to admit it, and it has something to do with their past. Mm. I like, I like it. it. That's awesome. I don't. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> but I'm done. That's here. F- that's for you. That's for the you, listener, man. to find out. You, the listener. That's for you, and then you let us know, and we'll steal your idea. Perfect. Right back. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. As always, for tuning in to the 60th just numbered episode of Roll Up a Die. I'm pretty sure we have like 70 or some total things, but uh, this is just incredible. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, as I, I know I speak for both Alex and Matt when I say this has been phenomenal and we can't wait to pick up the pace a little bit. I know we've been a little uh, lackluster recently, but now that Brigade Con is over and a lot of time is kind of freed up, at least until the holidays, um, we'll be back in business for a while. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. Your, uh, God, I can never think of a good, like, map-esque, map-ish thing that Roll Up and Die is or whatever. Like, I'm just so bad at that. I should just say your RPG podcast. Cart- cartographic. Your cartographic RPG podcast. Your no 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 no. Your carpentographic, carpentographic. Oh jeez, it's where you make maps. Yeah. Up. Thanks everybody for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. My name is Barker, and my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice, and my name is Alex, aka Captain Gothnog. Uh, see, I'm glad you jumped in that because I was like, I think they're gonna wait for me. I ain't gonna say. <laughs> This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on DriveThruRPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming. <laughs>